ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Today is Vision Sunday. It's something we do each year where we cast vision with what God is doing and setting a tone right after our Made for More, which is 40 days to prayer and fasting and strategic giving. We're so glad that you're with us and we're going to jump right in. I hope that you feel the presence of the Lord like we feel him here in this live stream environment. The presence of the Lord is here to do miracles and to speak clearly to you this afternoon. I believe that in the name of Jesus Christ. This uh, today in the next four weeks, actually, I'll be preaching alignment in a variety of ways. God has already spoken to me and given me four messages to preach to you, to encourage you, to challenge you and help you experience what I believe is extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You can, our live stream team may be seated and situated. I'm going to do things a little differently today, but I do want to start off by saying that this year, something, two important things are happening. One, we are believing and declaring that we're going to see 50 people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and 50 receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you believe God is able, why don't you clap your hands and give him praise? For we know he is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Two, I want to mention very briefly how important e-groups will be in the life of Extraordinary Church. Going forward, you will want to connect to an e-group and we're unveiling our spring semester March 1st. So I want to encourage everybody, get connected. You'll be hearing a lot more about that. Last year, 2021 was, uh, excuse me, 2020 was a challenging year to say the least. I think we would all agree with that. Uh, But nonetheless, God saw us through that and I give God praise for what he's doing. I want to talk to you today uh, about the year of alignment the year of alignment last year 2020 was the year of the shift this is the year of alignment last year though uh, we saw ourselves partnering with great partners like uh, growth and game where we served 500 catered meals to frontline workers those who were perhaps experiencing economic job loss or those were vulnerable and just needed some encouragement i thank god that the ec family rallied around to serve the greater toronto area we saw 15 people receive the baptism of the holy spirit and we saw eight baptized in the name of jesus christ If you're wondering if we're on track for this year, we're a little bit ahead of the pace right now. We've seen four baptized in Jesus' name and two received the Spirit. God is able and he's doing it. Praise God. We also installed two pastors. I celebrate what God is doing through Pastor Barry and Pastor Mateo. We're thankful for the Garcia families and what they mean to Extraordinary Church. We launched in March a small group ministry, e-groups, and right away, right 
COVID hit right after that, but we saw almost 70 people register uh, for our e-groups, and I celebrate what God is doing there. We then, in the latter part of 2020, launched our church, our kids, excuse me, our kids' church online, and it has been rocking. We've been averaging well over 20 kids, and I celebrate our team and what God is doing there. We had 117 first-time guests in 2020. God is amazing. God is amazing. And out of that, we had 33 people complete our growth track one and uh, 35 complete growth track two in 2020. God is moving. Praise God. Amen. But 2021 is the year of alignment. Last year was the year of the shift. And let me tell you what it's all about. Let me tell you what 2021 is all about. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. The reason we exist is to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ is because uh, people fill the kingdom. People fill the kingdom. The kingdom is all about loving God and loving people. This year, God desires for an alignment to take place so that we can be about his business. And I want to show you something. I want to show you something that I've been praying for uh, I don't know how long, it seems like so long, but God would not let me get away from it. As a matter of fact, I can't even begin to really pray and connect until I pray this prayer. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our father in heaven, I just want to go back for just a, a quick second. Let me go back to verse eight. I want you to see this. Therefore, don't be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So in other words, the way that you can approach God is without any worries, is without any cares. You don't have to worry about giving him this remarkably long laundry list. You can come in right away and begin to pray this. Watch. Look at this. In this manner, therefore pray, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I want to show you what it looks like for Jesus' followers to come into alignment with him. Now, let me tell you something about the disciples, if you didn't know this. The disciples talking about the early followers of Jesus Christ, specifically those that walked with him, that talked with him, that did life with him. Uh, I want you to know this about them. They were Jewish. And they also were subject to the oppressors, uh, and their oppressors in this case was uh, Rome. Rome, the nation of Rome had been oppressing the Jewish community for quite some time, and they were looking for eagerly the Messiah to come and build a kingdom on earth. The Jewish disciples had built a doctrine, as a matter of fact, a doctrine is just something you teach over the years that the Messiah would return and restore the kingdom to Israel. Let me tell you what their concept of the kingdom was. It was to be rich, famous, and powerful. That was their concept. Let's not beat around the bush. Their concept of the kingdom was simply, I want to be running the show. I want to be rich. I want to be powerful. I want to be large and in charge. You know what? If we're being transparent, uh, we all 
have that in us. Now, I know what you're already thinking. Uh, You know what? Oh, no, 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 that's not me. I'm too righteous. I'm too holy. Stop. It's called sin, and we were all born with the sin nature. Your flesh, your carnal mind wants to be rich, wants to be popular. That's why some of us incessantly are checking how many affirmations we get on social media, how many likes, how many dislikes, how many shares, whatever the case may be. So don't give me a spiritual answer and be and act all spiritual. I'm not talking about the person you are now, the redeemed person. I'm talking about your unredeemed nature, the nature you are born with, the flesh. You still have to, I still have to battle the old man. The old man wants to be rich. The old man wants to be famous. The old man wants to be powerful. The mother of James and John expressed the old nature. Let's look at Matthew 20, 20 and uh, verse 21. Then the mother of Zebedee, uh, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to her, him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus said not long after this discourse in Matthew 25. Check this out. He says, when the, son, uh, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he uh, will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, I want you to, I want you to just begin to see this for a moment. I want to skip down to verse 41, and then I, I want to read this with you. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. See, when the Son of Man comes in his kingdom. Now, I want you to think about what she just said to Jesus and what Jesus said. Think about it for a moment. Think about what she said, and then I want you to reference that or cross-reference it, if you will, with what Jesus said. He said when the Son of Man comes into his kingdom, he's going to put sheep on his right hand and goats on his left. And think about her request. She literally just said, I want one to sit on the right. Okay, (laughs) y'all. She came to him and said, Lord, will you grant when you come into your kingdom (laughs) that one of my sons can sit on your right hand and one on his left? And here's his exact response. You don't know what you ask. You don't know what you ask. He, he, talking about Jesus Christ, God in the bod, he knows best. He knows best. And I want you to think about this. He gives an unbelievable response. And by the way, I really believe sometimes in prayer, God's response to us is, sometimes you don't know what you ask. It's, It's probably good and fortunate that he does know what's best. Because if he answered our prayer with a yes, (laughs) so that was the concept of their kingdom now here's something i want to ask you what did jesus teach 
when Jesus was on earth. Did you know the word kingdom is in the Bible over 300 times? As a matter of fact, 333 times specifically. What did Jesus teach? Well, I want to show you. Let's look at Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's look at the next verse. I'm not going to cite all these because you can see these on the screen. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Matthew 31, 13, 31. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Same chapter, two verses later. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Look at verse 44 and 45. Again, now why would he use the word again? Because he had already said it many times. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Look at verse 47. Again, again, I, got, I, I have to tell you again because you're not getting it. The kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. By the way, I'm thankful for that scripture, praise God, because I'm thankful I'm in the net. I was one of those of every kind, praise God. Is anybody glad that you're in the net today? So now while this is, while he's with them in the flesh, with the disciples, the disciples wanted Jesus to set up a kingdom on earth and they wanted thrones to rule upon. Okay, now I just want you to stay with me for a moment because that's just all there is to this truth. <laughs> I wish I could say something else, but I do want you to understand this. That's what they wanted. And then he totally messed up their plans and died on them. So they thought, well, that ain't going to happen. Then he rose from the grave. So what did they think was going to happen now? Oh, man. Finally, we're going to rule and reign. Watch though, let me show you something. Let's look at Acts chapter one. Now, the former account, in other words, the book, okay, the former account, the book, this is Luke. If you don't know, Luke wrote the book of Acts. So he also wrote the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. That's what he's referring to. The former account that I made, the book that I made, okay, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So here's my question. What did Jesus teach for 40 days after the resurrection? Things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So for three years, three and a half years, during his earthly ministry, what did he teach? What did he preach? The kingdom of God. All you got to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, to see how many times he talks about the kingdom. Got I need you to get this. Stay with me, okay? Uh, 
for 40 days. What did he teach? The kingdom. The resurrected Christ teaches the kingdom. For three plus years, he teaches the kingdom. And then for 40 days straight, he teaches the kingdom. Now, people that are here, my, our live stream fam, how many of you have been to a conference? Okay, everybody's been to some type of conference, even if you have been to a camp of some sorts. But uh, a normal conference might be two days, three days. If you've gone to a camp, five days. Has anybody been to a conference more than five days? More than five days, okay. Think about a conference, a 40-day conference. This is exactly what he gives them, okay? 40 days. How many of you have been to a 40-day conference? Nobody. For 40 days, he taught about the kingdom. You think they got it? Let's look at Acts 1 and 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> at this time, Will you make us rich and powerful? At this time, will we be able to reign and rule and make those people pay that have punished us? <laughs> Do the disciples get it? No. No. You know what? I, I thought about this. I am trying my best to uh, refrain from sharing my life experiences, but this is all I can do is share my life experiences with you. Uh, and I do happen to be married to a fabulous wife and I've got two amazing kids. And unfortunately, they find themselves thrusted into stories uh, that they have not, that they, we've not talked about this, we've not conversed, and they're probably already bemoaning the fact that I'm gonna continue to speak here for just a moment. But I can remember uh, not too, too well, actually it was uh, quite a while ago now uh, as time is just moving on. But uh, growing up in my family, uh, discipline, when it was doled out, it was doled out with lots of theatrics. And I've told you all uh, stories before uh, and with these theatrics. And Sarah, when we were together and Marion had kids, and uh, it was the first time I was kind of going to discipline the kids, spank them. Uh, by the way, let me just say this, correction should never destroy somebody. Uh, and so I wasn't out to kill my kids, uh, but you just give them a little pap-pap and move on. So, uh, but the theatrics, I needed them to think. So in my mind, I thought I needed them to think I was going to kill them. Because that's kind of what I, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm about to die. My, you know. Now, my parents didn't beat me either. I just want to be clear. I've got amazing parents. Uh, but I can remember Sarah saying to me, uh, before, I was, I was like, go in your room. They were in the room or whatever. And I was like, I'm getting ready. I'm doing my, she was like, yeah, are, are you going to kill the kids? She was, she was like, do I need to call the cops? Because I'm not sure if this is just theater or you really going to kill the kids. And so immediately I was like, you know, but I, I can remember how flustered I was. And so, you know what? But I realized I needed to take a different approach. I needed to be, uh, take this biblical approach. God was helping me and educating me. And I was talking to an elder in my life. And many of you all have probably been on this journey. I realized I needed to sit down and talk with them. And we needed to pray and we needed to converse and make sure they understood so that meaningful change could take place. And when I would have this meaningful dialogue and they're sitting on my knee and we're crying and we're praying. And then, you know what? I'll never forget, Lincoln asked me one time at the conclusion. I said, well, do you understand? He was like, yeah, I understand. He was like, how many times are you going to spank me? 
So in other words, he didn't get anything because he was just like, how many times do you want to spank me? Two, three, what's the deal? It's the same thing here with the disciples. They're with him three plus years. 40 days after, he, they're still not getting it. They didn't get it. So he says, guys, listen, I want to tell you about the kingdom. Here's what they said, okay? God, we thank you for sharing about the kingdom. But will you at this time make us rich? Will you make us famous? Will you make us powerful? Could it be, could it be that we today don't get it? I believe that the Lord has had me pray this almost every day for however long it has been. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and this be the year of alignment for Extraordinary Church because I didn't get it and I needed to come into alignment. Could it be that we don't get it and we ourselves need to come into alignment? So the question is this, well, when will we get it? And if we're asking ourselves, when will we get it? That brings up the question, well, when did the disciples get it? Because if we know when they got it, we'll know when we get it, okay? So here's what I can tell you. Peter didn't get it after the crucifixion because he was ghost. He was out, running for his life, cursing, act, acting up, trying to convince everybody he didn't know. Him. We know Paul didn't get it after he brought about the assassination of Stephen. Because he continued to kill and persecute Christians. So, let me show you something. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1. And being assembled, this is verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, they still don't get it. And he said to them, mind your business. Mind your business. Tannis like, but it's true. It's not for you. Look at verse eight. It's not for you or seven. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But watch this but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I'm telling you, I've never seen Acts chapter one the way that I've seen it, like I'm preaching it to you today. I'm trying to talk to you about what God and what the Lord is saying. I'm trying to talk to you about my spirit. I'm talking, I'm talking to you to give you something that will bring you into alignment. So he says, you know what? I'm talking to you about the kingdom. Then he says, okay, guys, listen to me. Wait for the promise of the Father. You've heard it from me in a few days. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And before they could ask again, before they could ask again, are you going to make us rich and famous? Are we going to be able to reign and rule? Look at what happens in verse nine. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up. A cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, come, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Praise God. When did they get it? When did they get it? When they were filled with the Spirit.
I guarantee you they got it because when you read the rest of the book of Acts, you'll know they got it. They get beaten, they get beaten and were told, don't preach this anymore, don't preach the name of Jesus and you know what they said? We're still going to do it. They were tortured, they were jailed and they still did it. And here's the thing, here's the ultimate. They were even martyred. In other words, they lost their life. Every disciple was martyred. Now listen to me carefully. I know John didn't die a martyr, but I'm telling you, he was still martyred. He was put in a boiling pot of oil. The only problem is he wouldn't boil. So they tried to, mar so they tried to martyr him. He was willing to die for his faith. The reason why he didn't die is because 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in the book of Revelation weren't written just yet. Praise God. They tried to kill him, but he wouldn't die. But he gave his life. They got it, they got it, they got it. There's no doubt that the disciples got it. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. They got it. They got that their one life mattered. And why would they give their one life to the kingdom? Because they were in alignment. It wasn't about them. It was about the kingdom. I'm here to preach to you this afternoon. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about his kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come in my life. Your kingdom come in my marriage. Your kingdom come in my family. Your kingdom come in my mind. Your kingdom come in my friendships. Your kingdom come in my career. Your kingdom come in my ministry. Your kingdom come in my purpose. Your kingdom come in my dreams your kingdom come your will be done why would some of you sign up and say yeah I'll go to growth track your kingdom come why would you say I'll become a part of an e-group because I'm getting into alignment why would you say you know what I'll serve here and I'll serve someone at the church because of alignment why would you faithfully tithe and give an offering because you're in alignment why would you decide you know what this is the day to be baptized why would you decide to seek him to be filled with his spirit because you're in alignment why 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 would I think about why would I not just think about why would I write a big check and pay something off or give something to the kingdom of God that can make a difference because I'm in alignment praise God I feel some heat on that and I don't normally preach about money matter of fact you know I never do but I'm here to preach to somebody right now and tell you you'll come into alignment when you begin to model generosity quit worrying about it and know that God's got it you write that check you give what God has laid on your heart and you watch God bless you watch God move this is a year for us to come into alignment and see his will be done we can see extraordinary things happen but we have to realize it's about the kingdom I'm here on earth for one purpose. I'm here to build the kingdom of God. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why I moved from sunny Florida. Here, I'm here to build the kingdom. And I'm going to give my life. And let me just tell you something. I'm not minimizing at all being martyred. They ultimately gave their life. It's a remarkable sacrifice but it's also a sacrifice to serve in the church. It's also a sacrifice to give of your time, your money, your resources. You sacrifice, but why? You're in alignment. You know what? I know it's, it's not popular, it's not corny. Sarah's remarkably, uh, she's brilliant. 
Even before we had kids, she was in leadership at the bank and uh, frankly could have excelled and done many things remarkably well. But we decided, you know what? We're going to be in alignment with what God has called us to do. She's going to be a stay-at-home mom. Still working and feverishly busy and demanding. But you know, we went without some things because we're in alignment with what God has for us. Let me share with you. Let me just tell you, this is exactly when they got it, when they received the Holy Spirit and began to live spirit-filled, spirit-led lives. Oh, this is where alignment's going to happen for Extraordinary Church when we get a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. I'm almost done. I just want to give you this. Let me show you some others who were in alignment in the kingdom. Look at Acts 8, chapter 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God. What did Philip preach? The kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and he was baptized. He continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracle signs and wonders which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's when you come into alignment. Did you understand what Jesus told them? Here's what Jesus kept telling them about their spirit baptism, where he was telling them, when you receive the spirit, you're going to get it. This, they were like, are you going to set up your kingdom now? He said, hey, behold, wait, for the promise of the Father is coming. Wait, wait, are we going to rule in power? No, 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 I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Because when you receive the spirit, you're going to get it. Praise God. Now, watch this. I want to show you. We talk about this. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to reference it. Sarah, we say it often that the Spirit of God, John 13 says it, the Spirit of God will bring you into all, all truth. Praise God. So let me show you something. Acts 19. Now, Acts 19, Paul it runs into some disciples. Now, check this out. And it happened while Paul, Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Hold on for just a moment. I think these disciples went to a church that I went to when I was a teenager for a little bit. Because at that church, you never heard about anybody receiving the Spirit. You never, they never talked about it. They never preached about it. And that would have been my answer too. If they would have caught me at 13 or 12 and I was in my rebellious stage where I was trying to live for the Lord for a second, I even had the initials JC shaved into my head. But if you would have said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? I'd have been like, what are you talking about? Holy Spirit, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, and look, and he said to them, into what then were you baptized? Okay, <laughs> in other words, what he's saying is, I'm wondering if you even saved. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> well, I'm questioning the validity of your salvation. So they said, we were under, under John's baptism. <laughs> okay, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And when he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. What did Philip preach? The kingdom. What did Paul preach? The kingdom. What did Jesus preach? The kingdom. And I'm telling you when people get it, the people, oh, the people Jesus preached to, they got it. The people Philip preached to, they got it. And the people Paul preached to, they got it when they received the spirit. That's when they got it. Romans 14, 7 uh, or 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. By the way, there's no righteousness, there's no joy, there's no peace without the Holy Ghost. So you're probably wondering, how do I get it? How do I receive it? Simple. Same way they got it. Now, listen, if you're watching online and you grew up in a church, similar to the one that my family periodically or sporadically attended, and you didn't hear there was a Holy Spirit baptism, we're going to pray for you in a little bit. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. However, hear me, because this is the year of alignment, many of you have received the Holy Spirit. Initially, there is an initial baptism, a filling of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in another language as the Spirit gives us the ability to speak, okay? But here's what I want you to understand. When you look up that word and you look up the word filled, it is in the perfect pre uh, present tense. It means you need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we just read that where the scripture says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you read it in the Greek and you actually study it, okay? And the word received again is a continual receiving. And here's what it actually says, okay? Have you continued to receive the Holy Spirit since you believe now? I'm asking you this afternoon, have you continued to receive the Holy Spirit? Even if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit initially, did you receive the Holy Spirit when he convicted you about the way you talked to your wife? Did you receive the Holy Spirit the way God, when he began to deal with you, the way you talk with your kids? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when the Lord told you to make that commitment and not go and do that thing? And you went ahead and Oh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when the Lord told you not to engage your husband in that way and dishonor him? Are you continuing to receive the Holy Spirit? Because if you're not, you're not in alignment. The key to getting you into alignment, hear me, over the next few weeks, the key to God, I'm in the Holy Ghost. God is fixing to open up the supernatural in ways you can't even imagine. It's, it was uncomfortable for me to make that statement about money, but I'm going to say it one more time only because I feel like I'm getting into alignment and I'm not going to let the spirit of fear intimidate me. There are some of you right now that are watching that can stroke a check that can literally change everything, the destiny of this church. I'm telling you, if God is laid it on your heart you better stroke that check because your kingdom is not of this world it's the kingdom of God it's about the kingdom it's about us experiencing a continual flow of his spirit I'm going to ask the musicians to come he continues to remind me it's not about you Akil it's not about you it's about the kingdom you know what the word kingdom means 
comes from two words. King and domain. Here's what the word kingdom means. The king's domain. The king's domain. So here's what the Jews wanted. Here's what they wanted. We want you to come and set up a kingdom and we want to be the kings. We want you to come and set up a kingdom where we are the kings. And here's what Jesus said. There's only one king. (laughs) And the kingdom that I'm building, I'm the king. You know what alignment is? It's living in the kingdom of God. Where there's only one king and no matter what he says, you'll do it. You'll give your life, your one life for one kingdom. I'm pretty transparent about my life experiences and many have come to me and conveyed how much they appreciate my transparency. Matter of fact, some have come and said, you know, uh, man, it's refreshing. I, I, I've just never heard a Christian, you know, so authentic or so transparent as you. And this is really the impetus of where No Perfect People Allowed came from. Because I realize I'm an imperfect husband. I'm an imperfect father. I'm an imperfect friend. I'm an imperfect son. I'm an imperfect pastor, an imperfect leader. But you know what? I'll never forget when my life began to come into alignment. I was struggling desperately. I was, I had been filled with the Spirit. I had been filled, but there wasn't that continual filling. And I was with a friend who posed a question to me. I'll never forget the question because I was in the valley of decision. Had a relationship, was being pulled two different places. You ever felt like that before? Kind of feel like you're straddling, kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. And then a friend of mine posed a question that changed my life. And he didn't even pose it to me. He was actually talking about somebody else. He said, man, I wonder if so-and-so has fallen in love with Jesus Christ. And just at the thought, Jordan, do I love Jesus Christ? Just at the thought of loving God with everything that I have, everything changed. All of a sudden, I got into some serious alignment. I'm telling you, the sky was bluer. That haze that I felt, I felt bondage in that relationship. I walked out of that man's house. I'll never forget it. I remember the address clearly. I walked out of the house. The sky was blue and that haze was lifted. I felt freer. You know why? Because I was coming into alignment. Can I tell you this is going to be a year of alignment for us? And it starts by falling in love with Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.